Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Amen. I know what you're all thinking. My gosh, it's 11.35. He's going to have us here till 2 o'clock. Three. Who said three? Miles is excited. He said three. I actually won't be that long. I actually changed my message this morning early. Um, I had something else prepared, but God just was like messing with me. Ever God ever mess with you? All right, I don't, I don't know. I like to mess with people, but I think God likes to mess with me. All right, and, uh, but I sat at Hope last night during the, the concert, and you know, you sit there and you just have so many memories, the memories of the, when we were doing the project and raising the money and doing the work and, and the things in the neighborhood and the stuff that goes on there and just seeing the lives that are being transformed by God and transformed by the efforts of so many people and the the, the, the things that are happening over there on a routine basis, feeding people, clothing people, uh, haircuts that go on, the, the foundry, the services, Midtown uses it on Sundays. I mean, man, it's a kingdom thing. This is a good thing. You know, and it, it's so awesome to watch. And then I watched the video last night that we just watched here. And um, there was something that a couple of them said that really was catching my attention that I just want to focus on for a few moments this morning. Uh, I believe it was Nathan, I made some notes. Nathan said a couple different times that there were things that happened in his life that he never thought was possible. He said that a couple times. He said the word, he never, there were things that he never dreamed of. And uh, then I love the phrase that he used that when he was once unemployable, now he's being used to determine if others are employable. How many know God will change your life? All right. He said there were things that happened that he could only dream of. And then he said that one time, at one time of his life, his only dream was just not to get high. You know, and, and, and I listened to that and I heard, I know Mark's story well. We've had many breakfasts talking about it. And, you know, if you've ever lived that life, you know that you spend a, a part of that just dreaming and only imagining freedom. And, and longing for it and wanting it, not knowing if it's obtainable. And, and I was just mulling over that. But it's not just in the arena of addiction. How many of you today would say there's something that you have a hard time imagining? I, this, this week, somebody from Massachusetts won $700 million in the Powerball. I'm not bitter. It's okay. I had, you know, many of you came up to me and said, if you wanted, you were going to, how much money you were going to give us? I'm really disappointed in you. All right? <laughs> but how many of you can, how, let me, let's just think about this for a moment. How many of you can really grasp if all of a sudden they give you a lump sum payment of over $400 million? How many of you can grasp what that would do in your life? I can't imagine it. I sure would like to try it. I'm not, not going to be so humble as to say, oh, it's a, no, I'd like to try it, okay? But it would really change your world, and we can't even imagine what that would necessarily be like. I want to talk to you for a few moments about imagining some of the things that you think are unattainable. Because for some, they're living like that. I would like to, and some don't even know what they want. Let me start with this. Let's go here. Let's go to chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians. This is just a scripture God put on my heart. I'm going to then take you on a little bit of a journey. I won't be long. I promise you, this is not going to be a long message. Oh, Lord, help me with that statement. <laughs> Lord, help me tell the truth. All right? 
But in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, Paul, I'm going to start with verse 6. Paul says, we speak a wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age. Nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard. And which have not entered the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love him. Let me stop there. Father, bless your word this morning. You put something in my heart to share. Father, as we would read the word, as we would hear it, that it would become alive to us. Father, would you help me with the words that you want me to share? Father, even now as we pray for this word, we'd also um, be remembering to pray for the people in Texas in this hurricane and those impacted by it. And Father, we ask that your special grace would be poured upon them, special provision would be poured upon them. That, that Father, there is, um, you're the strong tower that they can run into during this time of trouble. And so, Father, we ask you, to spend, send a special measure of grace to them this day. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I'm Paul's paraphrasing a little bit. He's not really actually quoting the scripture exactly out of Psalm 64. He's kind of paraphrasing a little bit. Now, some people, they read this scripture, and they wrongly think that this is only talking about the things that, we're, that God's preparing for us whenever we get to heaven, all right? While there's truth in that, it's also short-sighted in that we also have to understand that Paul also means the things that are revealed to us and prepared for us now. Because how many know this, this morning that God has things for your life now that are even greater than you can imagine? Do you believe that? Some of you do. Some of you don't. Some of you are like, I don't know. All right. And so I began to think about this. And early this morning, I was just saying, God, what do you want me to say? All right? I haven't got a lot of time to spend on this message. What do you want me to say? You better just give it to me. All right? And so I got some statements I'm going to make. All right? And I'm going to start with this question. What is it that you can only imagine? What is it that you can't see? What is it that you can't hear? What is it that's you don't know that it's not in your heart. Some in this room today are still only imagining a life without addiction. Some today are only imagining a life of being truly loved. Some can't imagine a life of joy. I mean, you've, you've tried everything. You've tried the drugs. You've tried men. You've tried women. You've tried money. You've tried jobs. You've tried houses. You've tried this. You've tried that. No joy. Some can't imagine a life without anxiety or fear. So you try this and you try that, and maybe you end up resorting to pills for this and a pill for that. I'm not against medicine, but I am telling you that God has a plan for you that might actually not include that. And some people, I, I always say this, I heard one of the guys talk about addiction being a disease this morning on there. And every time that happens, all these people come in, do you, do you, think, do you think addiction is a disease? I don't get into that argument. Let me tell you why. Because even if you want to call it a disease, my God heals diseases. <laughs> call what you want. I'm going to tell you what my God does. <laughs> you want to call it a choice? God will help change your choices. You want to call it a disease? Call it a disease. My God heals diseases. Amen? That's just how good my God is, all right? And some can't imagine a life with, a, with peace. You know, some people are in conflict all the time. 
conflict all the time. They're not, they're not at peace unless they're in conflict. They need therapy, lots of it. Okay? Some people can't imagine that. Some people can't imagine security. Some people can't. There's a lot of things that people can only imagine. But this is what the Bible's telling me, okay? It says, things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. So here's the, here's the first statement I want to make this morning. I want you to hear this. What you can't imagine might be the very thing that God has prepared for you. Listen to me. Some of you have never experienced pure joy. God has prepared it for you. Uh, Some of you have never, it's been years since you've experienced freedom from addiction of some sort. God has prepared it for you. Some I'm looking for love. I feel like I sing that old song. Now I won't sing it. Some have this, they can't only imagine, they don't even try to imagine it, they can't grasp it. But I want to tell you something this morning. It's very possible that that's the very thing that God has prepared for you. Listen to me. There was a group of people in slavery for over 400 years in Egypt. They were called the Israelites, all right? God never planned for them to be in bondage and oppression for hundreds of years, and yet it happened by their own choice, by their own free will. It happened. There was a whole generation that never knew what freedom was, never knew what it was like to be liberated, never knew that at all, and God had already prepared it for them. How many know he had a place prepared for them. He had provision prepared for them. And they over here couldn't even imagine it. I'm telling you this morning, I I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I'm telling you as sure as I'm standing here, whatever it is that you can't imagine, God has already prepared for you. Guess what I'm going to do today? I'm going to finish preaching today in about another three hours. Thank you. He's the only one that said amen in the whole house. The rest of you said, oh man. And I'm done here. I'm going to go eat. Yeah, I know, it's hard to believe. I'm going to go eat at my mother's. I'm going to eat barbecue ribs. And guess what I've done to eat them? Nothing. I'm going to show up. Because they're already prepared for me. There's some things in your life that you've imagined that God has already made the pathway and has already prepared for you. Do you know freedom from addiction was prepared for you before you experienced it? What is it that seems beyond your grasp? What is it that you can't seem to ever find? But let me tell you something. So so God was saying to me, tell them that what they can't even imagine, I've already prepared for them. Tell them what they can, they've not seen, they've not experienced, and not in their heart. I've already got it prepared for them. Why else do you think he sent his son Jesus? Jesus says what? The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more. Because God is preparing it for you, has already prepared it for you. And, and if God has prepared it for you, well, I'll get to that in a moment. But So what God has prepared for you, listen to me now, cannot be found on your own. But how many know we try to find it on our own? God has prepared peace for you. He has prepared joy for you. He has prepared freedom for you. He has prepared love for you. And yet we try our own mechanisms by which we want to get it. 
right? I'm going to go eat barbecue ribs. I ain't getting them on my own. I don't want to eat the ones I make. If I was trying to get it on my own, it would not be as good as that which has been prepared for me. And what you're trying to get on your own is not as good as what God has prepared for you. And that's a word from God for somebody. You're trying to get it. You're trying to acquire it. You've tried to get it on your own, by your own thinking, by your own initiative, by your own intuition, by your own thoughts, by your own ways. And it always leaves you short and wanting. And then when you don't get it, you, this is what happens. Then you play the blame game. You blame God. <laughs> God doesn't love me. God this and God that. And then, then you don't blame, and, and then all of a sudden when you can't blame God anymore, then you blame the husband, you blame the wife, you blame the kids. Anybody know what I'm talking about or am I just crazy? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what Jim Kaiser meant when he said, yep. <laughs> Like, was it yep, he understood, or yep, I'm crazy? I'm not sure which yep he meant. <laughs> Could you please explain? <laughs> All right. You, you start the blame game. Okay, it's got to be everybody else's fault, because I, I, I don't have joy, and it's your fault, husband. It's your fault, wife. It's your fault, God. And I don't have this, and I don't have that. Oh, it's the church's fault. Listen, I'm not your problem. I got got enough of my own problems, but I ain't your problem. I might be Penny's problem, but I ain't your problem. At least she didn't shout amen. I heard another yep, though. Was that you, Heckman? All right, listen to me. What God has prepared for you, you cannot find on your own. All right? You can't tell yourself. Listen, how are you going to tell yourself about what you don't even know what he prepared for you? Hmm? You can't imagine something, but you can't direct yourself to where you've never been. Okay? When God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, he gave them a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day because they didn't know where they were going. They didn't know how to get to the place that was prepared for them. I don't know how to get to one of the things that God has for me. Hmm? How many of you boss God around? How's that work for you? I've tried. You can't imagine, you can imagine but not get what you don't know about. You've been looking for what you imagine through your own efforts, your own thinking, based upon a system of your own self-revelation. You don't need self-revelation, you need God-revelation. What God has prepared for you, you cannot find on your own and stop trying to do it. Here's the cool thing about it. If the Bible says that he, I, there's things I haven't seen and things I haven't heard, and there's things in, I, in my heart I don't even know about, there's things not in my heart yet, that God has prepared for me, and I can't get it on my own, here's the good news. What God has prepared for you, he wants you to know about. How many of you like giving good news? Some people like giving bad news. They want to be the first one to post bad news. <laughs> The race now in news media is to see who can break the story first, right? It doesn't matter if it's true, <laughs> obviously, but who can break it first? What God has prepared for you, listen to me, he wants you to know about it, all right? 
Because here's what God wants to do. God wants to take you from a place of not seeing to seeing. How many believe that? He wants to take you from a place of not hearing to hearing. He wants to take you from a place of not, something not in your heart to having something in your heart. You see, what does the enemy do? The enemy works hard to keep you from seeing. The last thing he wants is for you to see the good things God has for you. The last thing he wants is for, why do you think the Bible says that he has blinded the minds and the hearts of unbelievers? So they can't see the good things of God. Do you know how many things blind, listen to me for a moment. Let's talk about the things that blind us. How many know sin will blind us? Sin will blind us from the good things that God has for us. And everybody says, ooh, sin, yuck. But I want to tell you something. And hear me well. There was a whole group of people in the New Testament that never saw the things that God had for them and prepared for them because of the spirit of religion. Religion, legalism, the trappings of men will keep you from seeing and hearing the good things that God has prepared for you. God wants you to see. He wants you to hear. All right? The enemy keeps you from seeing. The enemy keeps you from hearing. Okay? But what he's prepared for you, how does he do that? Ha, this is where it gets good. Listen to what the scripture says. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Do you see how good your God is? God the Father has prepared for you things that you have not seen, things that you have not heard, things that are not in your heart. And he's put his Holy Spirit inside of you so he will tell you about them and you can begin to see and hear those things. So how many of you think it's a good idea to maybe, possibly, just maybe, cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because how many know he's the one, the Bible says, searches the deep things of God. And what does he do when he discovers the deep things of God? Well, let me tell you about him. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about how God let me tell you how God wants to heal your heart. Let me tell you about how God wants to heal your heart from brokenheartedness. Let me tell you how God wants to restore the gift to you. Let me tell you how God is going to heal your mind. Let me tell you about how God is going to heal that thing that they said you had this week. And they said that you had it this week. And God is going to heal you by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we've already prayed for it. And God's saying, I love you. He's already healed the broken heart. It's Holy Spirit. I'm getting pretty close to that camera, Troy. I'm out of the light. <laughs> Troy says, I got 17 lights on you. You keep moving. God's doing things in your life you never imagined. Things you only imagined. You're like blown away. You're like blown away. You say, whoa, man, I got Tom's creations and these things that you and Jeremy are doing. It's like, this is a dream come true to you. And you, and you guys both, and your family. Dude, what's up? Give me a kiss. <laughs> yes, you can kiss your grandkids in the middle of a sermon. 
Lord searches and says, come on. Let me tell you about the things that God has for you. Let me tell you about, let me tell you about the boundary, John. Let me tell you about God's dream to raise up men and give them a place to live after they leave rehab. Let me tell you about this place. Anybody getting what the Holy Spirit does? Hmm? Is that everybody saying, is he going to get close to me? Yeah. <laughs> Might even touch him. What God's going to do in your mind and your heart that you've only been longing for and that you've only been imagining you think it's not going to happen, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen because the Holy Spirit in you is going to start speaking and you're going to hear something you've never heard before and you're going to see something you never saw before. And I promise you that in the name of Jesus. What God has prepared for you He wants you to know about. And because he wants you to know about it, he took his spirit and put inside of you. So his spirit will tell you what's on his mind and what's in his heart for you. Here's what's really cool. Because here's what I got to come. I got to come now and tell religion to be quiet. How many like to tell religion to be quiet? Because what the Bible says, it goes on. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world. How many of the spirit of the world? The spirit of the world will never get you to see the things that God has prepared for you. But God has revealed them. I'm sorry. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why does he give the spirit? Glad you asked. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Free? How many like free? I like free. Free is good. Freely given to us. Now, they're free to us, but as I said earlier today, they weren't free to God. God paid a price. He sent his son, shed his blood, went to a cross so that you and I could experience the things that he had for us. Now think about this for just a moment. If they're free, why are we trying to work for them? Why are we striving so hard? How many know if something is free? Dick, I have something for you. Close your eyes. It's free. Now, I know that you're going to be blessed. But it's free. Okay? And I just want you to, just, I just want you to be blessed by it. There is a bulletin for today. You didn't shout? I said thanks. You're too dignified to shout. <laughs> it was free. Wasn't much. Everybody else got one too. You're not special. All right? But here's the deal. You had to receive it. I can say, here, Dick, take this. <laughs> and you didn't have to take it. No, you don't, no, don't. Don't take it. But you don't have to take it. Miles will get the point. No, you're not supposed to take it. <laughs> I know it's free, but they're supposed to like say no. Eventually. I mean, just because something's free, you don't have to take it. You can give it back. Listen to me. What God has prepared for you, he paid for in full. And it is free for you to receive it. 
How do I receive it? Listen to me. I got to receive it. First of all, listen to me. I can't receive what I don't know about. Right? One more star. I got one more star to go. One more star at the clay cup and I get a free cup of coffee. (laughs) I spent $250 there this month, but I'm going to get a free $3 cup of coffee. (laughs) I'll get my 10th star. I'm going to get my coffee. Right? And they tell me that's a free cup of coffee. Ain't a free cup of coffee. But I'm going to go get that sucker. And they're going to send me an email and a text message to tell me that I'm getting it. Right? Because I'm on the list, baby. And when I get it, I'm going. Do you understand? Listen to me. I don't have to go claim that star. I don't got to go claim that cup. I can just let it sit there. But when I know it's there and I know it's free, i got to activate myself, get my butt over there, and say, I want my free coffee. And I want it with a smile. I always get a, you always get a smile there. But what happens is we hear about the free things that God has for us and prepared for us, but somehow we don't activate our faith to move towards them. Right? Because it is an activation of faith. Because how many know I got to hear by faith? I got to see by faith. I got to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me the deep things of God. And when I hear the deep things of God, what do I do? I hear the deep things of God. This is what I want to do, John. This is what I want to do. I want to put this in your heart. I want you to see this and I want you to hear this. Oh, and by the way, buy the stinking house. If I don't buy the house, how many know what God wants to do has to happen through him? You're activating your faith when you hear the heart of God, when you see what God wants to do, and you begin to move, and you begin to move out on that. Lots of people have heard the Holy Spirit. Lots of people have not. I'm out of the light. I got to go. Okay, I'm back, Troy. Right? Lots of people have heard the Holy Spirit. Not everybody moves when they hear the Holy Spirit. Not everybody activates their faith when they Holy Spirit, hear the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the things that your eye has never seen and your heart has never realized and your ear has never heard are still that way. Unrealized, unseen, unheard. Unrealized. The message is simple this morning. I want you. I want to know what it is that you can only imagine in your life. Is freedom for you? Yes. But not on your own. And not on your own understanding. And not through your own thinking. And you think you got it all figured out. And you're going to tell God how you want it. God says, I got a plan. I prepared it for you. What you want, I prepared. What you want, I prepared. And my Holy Spirit will tell you. Think about this for a moment. I'm getting ready to close. Troy's probably over in that room somewhere. That's what he does to me all the time anymore. I'm teasing. I'm picking on him. Do you think Abraham ever imagined being the father of a nation? He he didn't have a kid. He didn't have a kid. He's 99 years old. Didn't have a kid. 
Father of nations. Let me tell you something, Lord, I love you, but don't start when I'm 99. <laughs> I'm 53 and two wear me out during the day. Do you think he ever imagined that? And God said, I'm going to make, listen to me, listen to me. God said, I'm going to make you a father of nations. Through your seed, every nation on the earth will be blessed. I'm calling you to leave the earth of the Chaldeans. I'm calling you to leave there and go to a place I'll show you. I mean, no, he had to activate his faith in order to experience what God had prepared for him. Come on, Troy. Do you think Joseph, I mean, we know he had dreams, but did you think he really understood the totality of those dreams? That he ever understood that it would ultimately lead him to the betrayal of his brothers? That it would lead him to being in prison in Egypt? That it would lead him to being second in charge of Egypt with only one person over him named Pharaoh? Do you think he ever imagined that? Do you think that Moses <laughs> ever imagined that God would send him back to Egypt to rescue the people. It was in his heart. That's why he murdered the other Egyptian. Do you think that Joshua ever imagined he would be the successor to Moses and lead the people into the promised land? You think Gideon? Gideon said, I'm the weakest of the weak. I'm the lowest of the lowest. I'm a big fat nobody. I'm hiding in a wine press sifting wheat. And God says, I'm going to use you to break the yoke of the Midianites. I'm going to use you. David, David. Yeah, I can just see David now. He's out in the field taking care of the sheep. Oh, yeah, someday I'm going to be king. He went from pasture to the palace. But God had prepared it. And God was preparing him. And listen to me. Here's the deal. Not only has he prepared the things for you, he's preparing you for the things. Oh, yeah. The preparation season's not always the best. You know, sick people run marathons, <clears throat> Lindsay Salyards. 26.2 miles. 2.2. I would have gone in it, but I don't want to run the 2.2. But you've got to prepare for that. Right? God not only has things prepared for you, he's preparing you for the things. Pastor John, your life has been a season of preparation for the moment of the prepared things that he has taken you into. God is so cool. Do you think Peter ever dreamed he'd be an apostle of Jesus Christ? An apostle of the Messiah? Do you think James and John, those guys were crazy, ever imagined? Let me change the tune a bit. I wonder how long the leper that was touched by Jesus only imagined a life without the shame and the filth of leprosy. Of just longing to be clean, longing to be touched, longing to be loved. That it was only imagined in here. Or the woman with the issue of blood, who spent everything she had trying to get it on her own, couldn't get it, couldn't get the healing, touches the hem of the garment, the healing prepared for her was there. The man at the pool in Bethesda, every day he'd go there, and he'd hope to be the first one into the pool. He never made it. 
But Jesus showed up. But Jesus showed up to give him what he could only imagine. That crippled man at the gate, Peter and John, gone to pray. That guy's there. He's over 38 years old. He's there every day. Begging for money, hoping to get by today, hoping to survive one more day. I hope I get enough money to eat. Never imagining I can walk. I can work for a living. I can get up and move. Mm. There's one more thing I'll add. Just come to me. You see, I'm talking about the things that God has prepared for you that you've not seen or heard but the Holy Spirit wants to tell you about. And so you begin to work for what you imagine. Not work, but you begin to move for what you imagine God has for you. But let me say something to you. But then there's a place where the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you. Where he begins to show you and speak to you things that have nothing to do with you as per se but things that you can only imagine for somebody else that I imagine a place where young men older men can go and be discipled in the things of God so they can live a life they only imagined possible that we give money and time and resources and blood, sweat, and tears of so many people so that people can step into the things that God has prepared for them. It's who we are. It's what we do. What is it that you can imagine for somebody else? Let me ask you a question this morning as we get ready to leave. Let me tell you what to do today. Tell you what to do. Ask God to show you what you've never seen. How many, how many have the audacity and the guts to say, God, I want to hear what I've never heard and I want to see what I've never seen? Put something in my heart, God, that's not there. How many of you like to discover things? Huh? Isn't it fun to discover things? Years and years and years ago, we got Nick a metal detector for Christmas or birthday or something. Take that thing out and we look for stuff. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, it's going to be the lost treasure. <laughs> Dig into the ground, find a bottle cap. Praise the Lord. Never did find anything worthwhile with that thing. <laughs> All right. But it was part of the exciting process 
was this discovery process and this 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 machine that I'm holding, it's telling me where things are. It's telling me where something is that I couldn't see. And it makes a noise that I hear so that I know that something is there. And I got to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit is speaking, but you're not listening. The Holy Spirit is pointing something and he wants to show you a discovery that you can only find with his help. That's good. I'm just making this up as I go. There's something exciting to be discovered. And here's the thing, I gotta tell you. And when you uncover it, there will be nothing disappointing about it. You won't find a ragged old bottle cap. But you'll find the things that God has prepared for you. And you'll find the things that He has prepared for others that He wants you to be a part of. Father, this morning, in this room, are some people who they don't dream anymore. They don't imagine anymore. And the reason is some of those dreams and some of those imaginations that they have weren't yours. Not that they were wrong. But Father, you have a dream you want to put in hearts. You have an imagination you want to give to people. You have things you want to imagine. But Father, there's a lot of people in here today that there's some things in their life that they look at as being only something they could possibly imagine. But rather than looking at them like that, we need to begin to look at them as saying, these are the things that God has prepared for me. God prepared sobriety for me. At Calvary's cross. God's provided joy for me. God provided peace. God provided healing for my heart, my body, my mind, and my emotions. He has prepared these things for me. And these things are discoverable. Let us not think any longer that they are not able to be discovered. But let us understand you meant them to be discovered. And you meant them to be discovered through your Holy Spirit. And so I pray today that this house, each individual in this house, would begin to cultivate a better relationship with hearing the Holy Spirit, knowing the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would then be able to search the deep things of you, Father, that then would come back and say, let me tell you what Daddy says. Let me tell you what the Father says. Let me tell you what He's prepared for you. Let me tell you about the freedom He prepared. Let me tell you about the joy. Let me tell you about the, the heartbeat He has. Let me tell you about what's on His mind. And let us remember that the Holy Spirit points us to the things that you freely have prepared for us, that you freely give. That might be one day we would say, you know what? I couldn't imagine it, but God did. I, I couldn't dream it, but God did. I brought my imagination into and combined with the dream of God. Hmm. 
So Father, this day, this day, I pray for opened ears, opened eyes, and open hearts. so good. Sing, Troy. It's a good song. He's going to sing Christ Redeemer. picture in the Old Testament when those slaves put that blood of the lamb on the doorpost that it redeemed them and when they were redeemed there was a restoration that began the restoration back into the promise a restoration back into the promises of God a restoration to what God had prepared for them. That redemption that took place, that redemption that took place through the blood was that thing that would be the mechanism, would be the access door to the place that God had already prepared for them. Christ Redeemer, your Redeemer, the blood of Jesus Christ that redeemed you is the door through which everything that God has prepared for you can be found. And the Holy Spirit will lead you there. 